Amen. Uh, you know, tonight, if you want to come out, I'm making a big pot of chili. Got 20 pounds of ground chuck. That's the good stuff, right? By the way, if you ever want to save money and get good steaks, just buy a chuck roast and cut it in half, and it's the best ever. That's a secret. Don't put it on YouTube where it'll go away. Amen? Um, but uh, the, the, we're going to have that, and you know, I'm excited because my son's preaching tonight, and I'm really looking forward to that. All right, so we are going to preach this morning, or not we, but I'm going to preach this morning, on a, uh, <clears throat> an exciting subject, okay? Um, <clears throat> so this is uh, not preached a lot, unfortunately, in our age, because this is one of the biggest problems of our society today, you know? Because we have technological advances, and we don't have to do our own dishes anymore. We put them in a machine, okay? We don't do laundry. We put it in a machine. You thought that was doing laundry. It's not, okay? And, uh, but now we have a lot of extra time that we have to fill up, okay? And so we've developed sedatives for laziness, right? And they're, they're technology, scrolling, television. You know, if you were in the 1800s, you would say, how would I, I don't have time to watch television. I've got to get up at 5 a.m. and milk the cow. And then I've got to milk the cow right before I fall asleep. And I've got to do this every day of my life. And if I don't do this, I will die. Okay? So, the, as a result, this is a problem that affects every one of us in our society. And it, it goes like this. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they said, um, they start telling you about their problem and you think they're asking for advice. And they may say something like this, you know, uh, I don't have a girlfriend, um, how, how would I be able to find a girlfriend? And you say, well, you may want to consider going on a diet and um, getting a haircut. Uh, yeah, I'd probably start with some of those things. And, um, you know, they say this, uh, you, know, I, you know, I don't know a lot about food, and uh, I, it's, it's too difficult to get good food near me and I don't know a barber, and I can't afford a haircut. And you say, well, maybe you should consider being able to afford those things and do those things before you start looking for a girlfriend. And everything you suggest, they come back and they, they tell you why they can't do it. And somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I need a job. And uh, do you know how to find a job? And I say, well, you know, they have a website called Indeed. You know, th there's another website called Monster.com. You might want to consider developing some skills and, and things like that and going around and you could do this or that. And they say, well, uh, I don't have a computer. And Monster.com, you know, I'm against that. Because of the name, I don't want to go to websites like that, you know? And they just, everything you say, they come back and they say, oh, no, I, I, I can't do that. And then they say, you know, I want, to, I want to be closer to the Lord. You know? I, I want to know the Bible like some of the people here know the Bible. And uh, you may say something like this, well, have you considered reading the Bible? And they'll say, well, you know, I'm not good at reading. And then you'll say, well, you can download the Bible thing and you can listen to the Bible 
Alexander Scorby reads it and they say, I don't like the way he sounds. And, and you, you're confused. And, and I was reading this verse the other day. Look at verse 13. The slothful man says there's a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. You know, I'll, 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 I'll die if I go outside. There's a lion in the street. And every time that people tell me that there's a lion outside, you know what you do when people give you those excuses? You, you take them to the window and you say, look, uh, there's no lion out there. Look, there's no lion. Look, they, lions, they don't even live in this continent. There's no lions. Watch. And then you go outside and say, look, there's no lion. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And you get a ribeye and you rub it all over you and say, no lion, no lion. But you know what the problem is? We're dealing with the wrong problem. The problem is not the lion. What's the problem? The slothful man. What's the problem? It, this, I was reading this and it blew my mind. And I said, all along, I've been dealing with the wrong problem. When people come to me with a problem and I try to help them and they come to you with a problem and you try to help them and you try to give them advice, you're dealing with the wrong problem. And then my phone rang. And it's, the guy said, hey, this is uh, so-and-so from L.A. Fitness. <laughs> Somebody gave me your number and said, you look like you should go to the gym. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> I said, number one, you're lying to me. Because that's what all marketers say. And number two, who was that friend? And they said it was Brother... Si no. <laughs> okay, so they're, they're here, and then he said... Uh, you, 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 we're having this promotion, you come down and, and you can just come for free for one day. And uh, I said, well, I got to get ready to preach and I pastor a church and I'm in uh, a school and uh, I have a family and, and I don't have time. And he said this to me, he said, well, you know, it only takes 30 minutes and exercise is good. It boosts your libido, your testosterone, it'll make your heart be better. You can exercise, it will reduce stress. You'll actually be more productive if you take this third. And I said, look, I already know all of these things. I said, here's the reason I won't go to the gym. I said, it's because I am too lazy to go. And I said, you go to my number in the profile and write down, the preacher that's too lazy to go to the gym and then write down Proverbs 26 and verse 13. And you will understand. And I said, I will, if you solve my excuses, I will just give you another one and another one and another one until I find an excuse that you can't solve, but you have to deal with the real issue. And uh, all of us, every one of us, are affected by this in some area of our life. Every one of us are affected by this.
And um, so we're going we're gonna to all feel bad this morning, okay? This is a, a sermon that's designed to make you feel bad, okay? But there's, a, there's good news to it, too. So let's look at, at, at the profile. Let's look at how a slothful man looks. Let's see if we can recognize some of these things. So number one, look at his speech. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the street. Um, so the slothful man is good at one thing. You know what he's good at? Making up ridiculously extravagant excuses. And um, he, he find out, you know what you find out? That job engine searches are people for people that want jobs. You know what you find out? That learning how to eat right is for people that are serious about changing their health. The Bible says, the desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to do labor. The Bible says, he coveteth greedily all the day long. And so his desire doesn't meet his industry, his work. He has this big desire and these things that he wants, but he's not willing to put in the effort to do it, so he just makes excuses. And you know what you learn? Relationships are for committed people that are trying to work at it. Good relationships are for people that are willing to put in the sustained effort to make them work. It is possible for a lazy person to have a good relationship with God because it takes effort. You have to go talk to God. You have to meet with Him. You have to wake up and you have to read the Bible. Good marriages are for those who are willing to work at it. For those who are willing to read and take advice and get counsel. And the Bible says, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. He finds an excuse. It's too cold outside. You know, I, I can't do that. It's too hard. Uh, they say things like, I'm tired. I'm too tired. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 9, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? The Lord says, come, wake up. Move out of your sleepiness. And he said, yet a little sleep. A little slumber, a little folding of the hands, so shall thy poverty come, as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. You know, um, and this is very convicting, but you know what lazy people do? They rest before they work. <laughs> hey, honey, could you uh, do this? Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it in a minute. Let me just take a little break. From what? From what? What do you need to take a break from? Are you resting because you worked? Or are you resting to avoid work? And you know what I've discovered? I rest a lot to avoid work. Not because I have worked. A, a, a diligent person, a person that is industrious, you know what they do? They work, 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 work. Then they take a nap and they get up and work, 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 late into the night. You know the Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous woman? 
She doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She looketh well to her house. And they're all clothed and they have what they need because she worked. I told you you're not going to like this. There's a, listen, here's why we don't like this, okay? Have you ever went up and, and tried to wake up a teenager? Is there any good way to wake them up? Is there anything that you can say where they'll be like, oh, I'm so glad to be up today. There's nothing, okay? And there's no way to make this sweet. There's no way to... Because what is the, the Word of God wants to do? It wants to startle you out of your nap and out of your slumber and get you to work. Uh, a sluggard takes a nap. He says, I don't have time. It's too late. Because he slept. And then, he sits there because he doesn't have enough time to do it. Then he tries to go to bed and he can't sleep. So then he calls in in the morning because he couldn't rest so he can catch up on rest. <laughs> I have, I've literally seen people do this. They slept when they should have been doing something. Then they couldn't sleep at night. And so then they called in in the morning so they could sleep. Does any, do we have any volunteers that say, I've done that? <laughs> yeah. But that, that is uh, the thing. It's too hard. They avoid, they say things like, it's too hard. A avoiding tasks, is it due to a feel, fear of failure or unwillingness to put in the effort to overcome? I'm just not good at this. Is that, you can become good at it. You can do better. I just don't know the Bible. You can learn it. You can read it. I don't know where to start. Is that really the problem? Or you just don't want to find out where to start because you don't want to start? You know what that sounds like? There's a lion outside. It sounds like an imaginary lion. And that's how they sound. And uh, it sounds. you know what you should say? You know, that sounds like a lot of work, and I try to avoid work. So I'm not going to do that. Be honest. I need to be in the right mood, you know. I'm just not in the mood for that right now. If you wait for the perfect conditions to come, then you're never going to plow, and you're never going to plant, and you're never going to harvest, and you're never going to store up, and you're never going to have what you want or what God wants you to have. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, it says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And you know what? Um, I, I put several of these verses together, but remember in the Old Testament when they went in to inherit the land? Okay? You know what they said? The, the Joshua and Caleb were like, man, it's a great land. We can, we're well able to overcome it. Let's go get it. You know what the other guy said? Oh, no, there's giants there. And, and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And we will die. We can't do it. And you know what Paul says? He said, do not be slothful, but inherit the promises. Learn how to overcome and do it. That's a defeated speech. 
And it doesn't need to be reasoned with. It needs to be exposed and it needs to be rebuked. I told my wife, I said, when you see this and I say these things, then say this. Is that really the problem or are you just lazy? And I said, and I'll say thank you. Thank you. Okay? It needs to be exposed and it needs to be... What desires do you have that are killing you? What in your life is there that God wants to change? How do you speak about that? I can't. Other people can, but I can't. If you knew the way I was raised and my family, you don't understand. You know, it's too much to explain. It's a long story. You know, I would tell you why I can't, but that even takes too much effort. So it's a long story and I don't want to get into it. I know some of this is heading close to home. Because we are a lazy people. Just be honest and say, I'm allergic to work. Okay? Number two, let's look at his style or his modus operandi. Okay? And look at verse 14. As the door turneth upon his hinges, slow, so does the slothful upon his bed. You know what a door does? It swings this way, and it swings that way, but it doesn't go anywhere. It watches this video, and it watches that video, but it doesn't get anywhere. And uh, even when a slothful man is dragged out of bed, and he can manage to get out of bed, he's just aimless. He's just swinging. He's not going anywhere. He has no direction. And uh, he only gets moved when somebody give him a push this way and give him a push that way. And he's passed by as more energetic people go through the door and go out to work and go out to do things. And he's left behind in life. And, and just like the, the door is bolted to the frame by the hinges and the screws, laziness bolts the sluggard to swing back and forth in the breeze and never go anywhere. That's his style. That's the way he operates. Eh, it's not that important now. We'll do it later. And he's bolted to his narrow understanding. And he's bolted to his problems. And he's doomed to just swing back and forth. The Bible says, Where is the price in the hand of fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to do it? You know, if college was free, and it is, for most people, at least your bachelor's degree, it's, it, you, can, you can figure it out, you know? If it's not free without working, it's free if you work, and then your work will pay for it. But it doesn't matter. There's no heart to better themselves. There's no heart to go on. And um, it doesn't matter if the answer's in the book. It doesn't matter if the answer's in the Bible. It doesn't matter if somebody else knows the answer and you could ask them and get it. Ah, it's just swinging back and forth. Now look at this verse. I love this verse. It says, Hebrews, Habakkuk 2.2, it says, And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he that he may run that readeth it. 
<laughs> Write it down and make it plain. You know, my dad was a mechanic, and you know what he said? I said, Dad, the car's broken. And he said, well, every car is broken for one of the same reasons. He said, it either doesn't have fuel, gas, it either is not getting spark, or it doesn't have compression, or it doesn't have timing. And you have to figure out which one of those things is causing the problem, and then you have to understand why that problem is happening, and then you have to write down a plan and understand how to fix it. Then you have to go get the parts that you need and then fix it. And he said it's a very simple process that works for every single problem with your vehicle. And you know what I've discovered? That process works for every problem in life. Every problem. You have a problem with anger. You have a problem with lust. You have a problem with your marriage. You have a problem with your children. Okay, diagnose the problem. What is the problem? Write it down. Understand why the problem is happening. Understand what God wants you to do to take those steps to fix it. Make a plan and go to work and pray. And you know what? We have something better than the engine. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us. We have the Holy Spirit to help us, and He can help you solve these problems. Is your marriage how God wants it to be? Is your temple how God wants it to be? Is your children, are they going in the direction that God wants them to be? Is your professional work, is the things that you're doing, is that the way that God wants it to be? Is your relationship with God, is your service to God the way that God wants it to be? If it's not, Picture it. Get a vision. What does God want? Don't just swing back and forth. You know, this, um, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Right here. Pastor Ash is going to laugh when he reads it. <laughs> Pastor Ashton said, Preacher, how are we going to do it? And I said, I don't know. We're going to get started. A dream cometh in the multitude of business. Nothing will happen if we don't get started. Nothing will happen if we don't get started. A dream cometh in the multitude of business. And uh, this right here is a picture of um, one of the most important men in my life. And uh, when I was 12 years old, this man, I almost cry when I look at this man. When I was 12 years old, he hired me. And his name's Tim Stoll. And this is the first lesson he taught me. Look at the next picture. And so my first job was to mix mortar for him so he could lay cinder blocks. And I went there, and I thought at 12 years old that the purpose of work was to go stand there, and people would give you money so you could go have fun. I did not understand the purpose of work was to produce something for somebody else. I, I didn't understand that. And so I am there and I'm mixing mud and, and he's like trying to lay bricks. He says, where's my mud? And I said, I'm trying to mix it. You know? And he looked at me and he said, um, you are so lazy. He said, it hurts to look at you. 
It just oozes out of your pores. He said the problem is not that you can't mix the mud in time. He said the problem is you are lazy and don't want to do it. And he said, you know what? I could mix that bucket of mud, I could mix that wheelbarrow full of mud in under four minutes. And I said, there's no way! It couldn't be done, it's impossible. And he said, set the timer. 14 scoops of sand, four scoops of Portland cement, half a bucket of water, boom! And he said, you know what, you could do that too if you would get over your laziness and do it. And I said, no, I'm, I'm 12. You're big and strong. He said, you could do it. He said, I know you're soft and weak, but you could do it. And so he set the timer, and guess what? Three minutes, I did it. And I would, it was like one of the most revolutionary things in my life. And I began to apply that lesson to learning the Bible to every area of life. You could do it if you weren't too lazy. You just don't want to do it. And now there's a lot of other areas that I need to reapply this lesson to and look at. And my wife's here to help me with that. (laughs) All right? But you know what he says? Look at Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6. Proverbs 6, 6. It says this. You know what Solomon says to his son? He says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. I'm telling you, I am so thankful, and I'm sure my brothers could say the same thing. Construction work with angry Amish people saved our life. I mean, it was just a blessing. Okay? Every child needs to be yelled at. It's just in the Bible. Okay? Uh, It says this, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gather her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When thou wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding in the hands to come, so shall thy poverty come. You know, um, the ant doesn't have anybody telling him what to do. The ant just gets up and he, I got to get food, I got to get food, I got to get food. And he just goes. And he goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And, and then he finds it and he brings it back. And if it's too bad, his buddies come and they help him. And he never stops. He has this internal drive to accomplish. And he has this internal drive to make things better. And she works without fail. Have, you know, summer's here. I'm going to make it. The winter's coming. She provideth her meat in the flum, summer. And, and she's doing all this stuff. And uh, you know what would happen if you tell, told a sluggard to do this today? You say, you need to go look at the ants. You need to go study the ants. You know what he would say? There's no ants around here. There's no ants around here. And... And you know what? I can't be outside that long because I, I have allergies, you know? And if I stand outside too long, I'll get sunburn. And I can't use sunblock because there's so many toxins. Did you know Bill Gates makes sunblock? 
The, the problem is, you don't need somebody to tell you what to do. You can go, you can discover, and you can find out like the ant. The problem is laziness. There's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. Um, and, and do you have oil in your lamp? Is your light burning? There's a time coming where you'll wish you would have saved for retirement. You know what one sluggard said to someone? Well, I don't need to do that. If you just don't have anything, the government will pay for your nursing home bill. And if not, all you need to do is commit crime, and then you can go to prison, and then they'll take care. And that's just that, that mentality. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to plan. I'm not going to prepare. Uh, and then they cover it up by saying, have faith. Well, the Lord says this. Now let's look at His accomplishments. We're, we're almost done as uh, we all want to... <laughs> okay, let's look at this. 26 and verse 15. He says, the slothful man, he hideth his hand in his bosom and it grieveth him to bring it to his mouth. So, you know what he does? He begins, but he never finishes. He, he puts his hand in the pot, but it's too much effort to bring it back out. He begins, but he never finishes. And, he, it, and you know, he just wishes that this food would just automatically just come into his mouth. He's sitting there on the couch and watching television, and he's reaching into the bag of potato chips, and his arm is feeling heavy, and he's like, I wish these potato chips would just magically go into my mouth. And the Bible says, by much slothfulness, the building decayeth. And through idleness, the house droppeth through. My wife was listening to somebody preach about laziness a, a year or two ago. And if you went to my house and you noticed the drip over my sink where the, you flushed the toilet and it was dripping through, and, and the, the preacher was saying, you know, if you look around his house... The roof is caving in because the water is dripping. And Seth looks up and says, that's literally happening right now. <laughs> the slothful man roasteth not what he takes in hunting. He doesn't take advantage of, I killed a big deer. Oh, great. Yeah, now you've got to butcher it. You know, I just want to donate it to charity. Do you really? Or do you want to feel good about your laziness? And so, the Bible says that when he's talking about the widows, he says, don't take a widow in that doesn't have any accomplishments. He said, if she hasn't washed the saint's feet, and she hasn't housed the stranger, and if she hasn't been hospitable, and if she hasn't been committed to the ministry, don't do it. And he said, and the younger ones refuse because they can work. They need to get married. They need to have children. They need to do the work of the ministry because they will become idle and they will become busybodies and they'll go from house to house and they'll be turned aside after Satan. Another time Paul said, there's some that are disorderly among you, working not at all. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And you know what young people want to do today? They want to make all their money through residual income on YouTube by other people clicking on dumb things. You know what? 
Work does something good for you. Do you know the accomplishment of, wow, I changed my own oil? I changed the tire? You know what any construction worker will tell you? He frames up a house, and he gets on the top of the roof, and he puts on the last roll of tar paper, and he stands there, and he looks over the house that was nothing, right, Brother Adam, but a pile of sticks. And you know what you do? You feel like the king of the world. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. But you know what happens now? I did it! I'm like, you did nothing. But you think you did something, and that makes it worse. I want to get married. Click, 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 click. That's the problem. Nobody wants to accomplish anything in the real world anymore because they've learned how to get a fake hit of dopamine that makes them think they accomplished something. But there's no accomplishments. You're going to desire one day to have accomplishments. Um, okay, two more references. We're almost done. Look at Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. And in and, and this passage... The, the Lord is teaching us what the spiritual life is like, what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he said it's like a man that travels into a far country. You know, and he called his servants and he delivered them the things that he wanted them to do. And so you know the story, he gives one five talents, another two talents, and another one talent, and he gives them these things according to their abilities. Okay? And then he comes back and the guy with five talents said, you know what, I uh, took your talents and I put them to the usury and, and, and I have now ten talents to give you. And he said, well done. And the guy with two said, I did this and I did this stuff and, and now I have four. And he said, well done. But look what the guy with one talent said. Verse 24. He that received one talent came and said, Lord, you know, I knew that you were hard. And I knew this would be so difficult to try to please you. Because you want to reap where you didn't sow, and you want to gather where you have not strawed. And, he, and, and you know what I did? Here I am. I'm giving myself back to you. I'm still your servant. And I did nothing. You have that is your thine. You died for me. You saved me. Here I am. And what does the Lord say? Well, he, he said this. Verse 25. And I was afraid. That's what he thinks. He thinks he was afraid. And I hid. Those things go together, don't they? I was afraid and hid, and now you have that as thine eye. And his Lord answered and said, No, you weren't afraid. He said, You were wicked and lazy. Isn't that what he said? Do you know if you are not involved in the work of the ministry, it's not because you're scared. It's because you're wicked and lazy. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say it. 
If you are not investing the talents that He gave you into the work of the Lord, it's because you're wicked and lazy. It's not because you're scared. That's what you think. But it's wickedness and laziness. Ah. One... You know, the Bible says, I went by the field of the slothful and the vineyard of the sluggard. And he said it was grown over and weeds had grown up. And you know what the Bible says? The Lord says, look unto the fields for they're white already to harvest. He said, I died for them. I shed my blood for them. Here is the gospel. And you know what he did? He committed each and every one of us with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to see people saved and to see them born again. And he committed that to you and you are his ambassador. And he said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And yet our co-workers and our neighbors are on their way to a lake of fire without knowing Jesus and we say we're scared. No, my friend. Jesus said it's wickedness and slothfulness. And so, his delusion, he says, 12, he said, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit. There's the wickedness. You know what the problem is? It's, um, you know what a conceited person is? A conceited person is a person that thinks he's okay when he's not okay. He thinks he's smart when he's really dumb. Oh, I know about that. You know, I got the answer to that. I've never read about it. I've never studied about it. You have studied about it your entire life. I heard something one time in passing, and I know more than you. That's a conceited person. He's an expert on everything without having done anything. Seest thou why a person wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than him. And it says... He, the sluggard is wiser in his own seat than seven men that can render reason. He, he won't admit his problem. And the problem is, is pride. In pride, and you, you won't look at the problem. So you won't fix the problem. And so here's the encouraging part that we don't have time for. Okay? So we're going to leave depressed, but let's get here to get some encouragement in, in, in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Uh, it, it's 12.03, and that clock is either fast or slow. I don't know. But we're, we're land. I need you to put your tray tables in their upright and locked position and buckle on your seatbelt, okay? And make sure your things are safely stowed under the seat in front of you because we are about to land this plane, okay? Um, Matthew chapter 20. This is what... Here's the encouraging part. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. And he went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. And God said, this is what I'm like. Okay? And he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, and he sent them into the vineyard. Go, harvest in the vineyard. And then he went out in the third hour. Look at verse 3. And saw others standing idle, idleness, in the marketplace. And he said, go ye also into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I'll give you that. And they went their way. 
And he went out at the sixth hour. The day's halfway gone. And he went out the ninth hour. The day is two-thirds gone. And he went out at the eleventh hour. There's only 60 minutes left. And he found others standing idle, and he said unto him, Why stand ye idle here all the day idle? And they said, Because no man hath hired us. And he said, Go into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right you shall receive. And then, so then he comes time to pay him. And look at verse 9, And they came that were hired the eleventh hour, and they received every man a penny. The same as the first. And the other people got mad. The good men of the house saying, These have wrought but one hour, and you made him equal to us, which have borne the burden in the heat of the day. And he answered one of them and said, Verse 13, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did you agree with me for a penny? Well, inflation. Wages have went up. Take that that is thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do with my own? Is your eye evil because I am good? The last shall be first. Hey, Pastor Ashton started in the vineyard in his teen years. You know what he did? He went to Bible school. And he worked in the bus ministry. And he did all of these things. And he prepared and he's over and over, he's been working in the vineyard. He's been trying. He's been trying to grow. And you say, it's too late. No, it's not too late. Okay? If you just go to work in the vineyard, you can have at the judgment seat of Christ what he has. You can have at the judgment seat of Christ what anybody has had. You just got to go to work in the vineyard. And there's a judgment seat of Christ coming. And you know what? You'll wish at the judgment seat of Christ that you had went to work in the vineyard. And it's not going to be for yourself. It's just going to be like, oh, I get it. Man, I wasted all of this. Lord, you are so good. You loved me so much. And I couldn't even wake up and do something for you. And you'll just be, man, Lord, here is... Go to work. Go to work. Just do it. Go out into the vineyard. Do the things in your life. What is the vineyard? It's your life. What does God want changed in your life? What's in the vineyard? Those other people, God wants to save them just like He wants to save you. Go to work in the vineyard. I'll have the piano player come forward. And I'll pray. And if you want to come to the altar you can and and if you're too it's too much trouble you know you can stay there i don't want to disturb your rest but let's pray lord we come before you father and um god i know that your word man it's a lamp it's a light and god it has been so convicting to my heart to just understand in my own life some of the reason that things are not the way you want them to be was not because of 
the things I thought they were. It was just because I was a slothful, lazy person. And God, I pray that you would help us to call out our own laziness and our own slothfulness, and we would go to work. And Lord, if there's somebody here that's never been saved, God, help them not to just, eh, maybe one day I'll figure it out. Help them to determine in their heart, is Jesus the way? Is he the only way? Is salvation right? If he died for me, and I receive him and become his son, is that true? And help them to rest on nothing till they figure it out and receive you as their Savior. God, help us this morning, we pray. Let's just pray for a while.